good to be with you. Right now it's time for a signpost, meditation. Now there's been a, a marvellous episode of Catalyst on ABC TV and it is a really oh, serious scientific look at the benefits or otherwise of meditation. I'd never really contemplated whether meditation could do anything for me. But the more I hear about the research, the more keen I am to see whether it has any effect. So I'm going to try it myself for two months. Step one, learning how it's done. I'm off to see Dr Richard Chambers, who's a clinical psychologist, but also an expert in mindfulness. He's going to teach me how to meditate, apparently. And right now we're joined with the host of Catalyst, Graham Phillips. Graham, welcome to the program. Thank you. Now, we were fascinated to see this week's Catalyst because really science seems to have taken over religion here, I think. <laughs> Look, I must say, I was pretty surprised at uh, the scientific research that's going into meditation. And given I've been around for a while doing this uh, science journalism business, it certainly wasn't the case a few decades ago. So it is, it is a surprise that science is delving into this to me. Why? What's the background for actually looking at this seriously? Is, it, is, there, a, is there a business outcome? Is, there, is it just purely a health outcome? Why have they gone into it? Uh, look, I think it's just, you know, science delves into anything where there's a chance of, you know, finding some evidence, finding, you know, whether that's true or not in some sense. So I think there's probably been some interested researchers that have looked into this and they've started to find results, you know, started to see that meditation does seem to make a difference in a positive way. Now, given you went through the process, for those who haven't seen the program, um, you actually subject yourself to the test and come out at the end with some results. I want to ask you, in terms of hard science, um, what did you find out about yourself? Where did you were you surprised at all by what happened? I was very surprised what happened to me. I mean, I guess I'm not really a scientific study. I'm only one person. But yeah. I, I was replicating a study in essence, which really surprised me. It was a Harvard University study where they um, got people to meditate for eight weeks. They did before and after brain scans on them and found structural differences in their brain. And that's what kind of intrigued me. I thought, really? Well, that, that would be lovely to do that. Um, so that's what I did. I had before and after brain scans and um, meditated for probably 40 minutes a day on average. So two mm. lots of 20 minutes. There's some discipline. Uh, and what about, what about the, the measurements at the end? What happened? What, what did it actually tell you? Okay, so before they did a battery of tests. So they sort of tested my ability to focus, tested my memory, tested my reaction time, amongst a few other things. Uh, they retested me at the end of the eight weeks on those things. Uh, and all three of those had improved. My memory was um, improved with the memory task. Uh, my ability to focus was better. But most extraordinary was my reaction time was almost half a second faster, which maybe I was coming off a very low base. You know? <laughs> maybe I was slow originally. I don't <laughs> You'd know. You've been busy. That's a, that's a staggering increase after eight weeks of meditation. They were the results. Three hours of cognitive tests and brain scans later, it wasn't bad this time. I've got to wait a week for the results apparently, though. And it's results time with Dr. Bailey and MRI expert, Dr. Chow Saw. Overall, uh, you did better in three of the five tasks, better behavioural performance. Oh, that's fantastic. Not only that, you exerted less brain activity, so you spent less energy to do better. This one in particular was your memory task. I did better at that? You did better at that? Oh, like I was guessing, that was a very hard yeah, task. it was very hard. 
That's annoying. <laughs> it was actually one where we were um, distracting you with that tiny electrical shock. I remember the, it well. At uh, the same yeah. time as you were trying to remember stuff. It feels so, like I, it's easy for me to intervene if my brain's doing something I don't want it to do. Yeah, that's cool. And that's, that's actually a really uh, interesting point for this next slide. Your reaction time to unexpected events, you cut your reaction time by 400 milliseconds. Really? It's almost half a second. Yeah. That's huge. It's massive. If you're driving a car and a pedestrian steps out in front of you, 400 milliseconds is probably a life-saving amount of time. That's very good news. Yeah, I feel like I passed. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what about the subjective feeling? Did you feel better? I did, yeah. I think by about week four, I started to notice something. I hadn't, didn't really notice much before that, but I started feeling quite relaxed, like I hadn't in some time. Um, and... I noticed, you know, when things start getting stressful, I was less sort of, I could see the stress, but I wasn't so attached to it or something. I could just kind of cruise through it. Um, so, yeah, I did notice. And I, I noticed a bit more energy as well, uh, not feeling that I often get a bit of a, you know, between about one and three in the afternoon, feel a bit tired. And then I sort of pick up after that. But that sort of feeling had gone as well. What, what's sort of fascinating for me in looking at the program is this is, this is in one sense, a uh, a serious look by scientific minds at whether meditation is any good, does it produce anything or not. It's a broader study. As you say, you're only one person, so you don't constitute proof of it, but it's interesting what you felt and experienced. Tell us what meditation was for you. You said you did 40 minutes a day. What does that mean? What what, what were you doing? Yeah, well, look, I'm still not entirely sure that I'm meditating. Like That's one of the problems with studying this scientifically is it's subjective, you know, and how do you ultimately know? But I guess I got some results. I'm assuming whatever I'm doing is good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for me, it was it was all very simple. It was uh, mindfulness meditation taught to me by a, a guy down here in Melbourne. This is Richard Chambers, I think. Richard Chambers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, it was sort of the, the traditional body scan, so I just, you know, felt the feeling of sitting in the chair, felt the wind blowing across me, felt my breath going in and out of my nostrils. So it was sort of trying to be aware of the sensations and not having the thoughts. But my mind would wander continually, you know, but the idea as soon as it wanders, you bring it back to just focusing on the sensations of the breath. Um, And that was the hard bit for me. I must say, I thought sitting there for 20 minutes would be hard, but I didn't find that too bad. But it was my mind kept wandering off, had to bring it back. But Richard Chambers explains that's kind of the process. It's that bringing back that is sort of retraining the brain. So once I accepted that, um, it, it kind of got a bit easier. When you say bringing back, you mean something. Where did it go to and where does it come back to? What what exactly do you mean when you talk mindfulness? Yeah, so I guess my, my thoughts would start just wandering, you know, thinking about, you know, maybe what the kids are up to or what work I had to do later on or what's for dinner or, you know, what something happened on the weekend before that kind of thing would happen without me even noticing at first. Mm. And I'd notice it had sort of wandered off. And then I thought, oh, no, wait a minute, get back to feeling the breath. So bringing it back was just noticing that my mind was thinking of things and then just focusing on that sensation of feeling the breath. So it was Richard Chambers telling you not to be thinking about things, but just to be focusing on breathing or focusing on, on the feeling of gravity. Is that what was going on there? Yeah, although it's a bit more subtle than that because it's um, – it's you don't want to try not to be thinking about things because suddenly you're thinking about not thinking about things. Right. So it's kind of like you just you realize your mind's wandered and you say, okay, that's okay. Just let it be. Don't fight it really. But then just come back to focusing on that sensation of your breath, feeling the breath. So it's, um, 
the big uh, change for me, I think on my third lesson with him, I said, look, what really gets me annoyed and makes it hard for me are noises around me. And he said, oh, they're good. You know, bring those into the meditation as well. So we kind of did this listening meditation where I just sort of focused on the, the sounds around me. And suddenly they sort of dropped into the background a bit. They didn't annoy me anymore. So it's kind of like accepting the environments that's going on around you, but just trying to focus on those sensations of the immediate here and now. That's my understanding anyway. So how exactly does meditation train the brain? One of the things that many types of meditation do is exercise our attention muscle. And boy, that's an important muscle. What happens is, in theory at least, and from what we can tell from the brain scans, when you've practiced a lot of uh, mindfulness, both the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus, those regions exert more regulation on the amygdala and uh, dampen the effect of that anxiety or fear coming up. Well, how persuaded are you? I think you're an astrophysicist by background, do I remember correctly? That is correct, yeah. <laughs> Strange thing for an astrophysicist to well, be doing. Well, I'm, I'm thinking here you are. You look at the whole of the program and there are, you know, Buddhist nuns wandering around and various people wandering around. But have you been persuaded? Would you go back and do this again as a personal practice? Look, I'm trying to keep it up um, because I, I did feel better and I, I think it was a worthwhile thing to do. Um, but gee, it's hard. You know, <laughs> like when I was when I was doing the filming of the story, I had the motivation that gee, if I don't get a brain change, this story is going to fall flat. So I I just forced myself to do the meditation. But when you've got a choice over it, you think oh, I'll do that later. Um, it is hard to stick to. I'm finding it hard to stick to. But I'm attempting to do 20 minutes a day. Uh, well, how did you connect? Because there were uh, at one point Buddhist nuns talking to us about uh, the type of meditation they taught. They were going into jails actually and using it for. I think minimalizing anxiety and helping you know prisoners um, actually be better in themselves is what they were doing. But they are robed; they are technically religious. Did that strike up against your own sense of being a scientist, or how, how did you relate to that aspect of it, the religious aspects of it? Yeah, I did find that troubling. <laughs> all, that, <laughs> all those years of science, I did, and that was, and I think that's why they've come up with this sort of form that I did, it's a secular form of meditation, because um, I mean. It, for me as a scientist, I am a bit wary of anything with religious sort of connotations. So uh, the fact that I was just, it was just a sort of a scientific process is the way I was dealing with it did make it easier for me. And I'm not saying that's the case for everyone, but, but for me, although interestingly, a lot of the people I spoke to while doing the story did say they didn't really believe in a secular form of mind mindfulness. They thought really, unless you accept the spiritual side of it, then you're not getting the full benefit. I, I don't know about that. I didn't sort of mm. explore that. And I think that's probably impossible for science to explore that, I think. Yeah, well, it's complicated too. In that yeah. if, you, if you, you talk to Buddhism, there are plenty of Buddhists who would say that they're not theists at all. They're not, they're, while, they're, while they're doing these things, they don't believe there's a God sitting up there like other people would. So that gets more complicated as well. Yeah. Now, I, I wonder, um, do you mind telling us a little bit about the, the actual science? Because Harvard, it was a big Harvard study. There were, there were things that you were experiencing but have been done in broader studies what was it doing to the body in, in terms of science? And I'm thinking, you know, I know you mentioned the frontal cortex, you mentioned telomeres, you mentioned things like that. But just for the for the audience who hasn't seen the program, what were the actual measurable results in the brain? Yeah, so, the, so there were several sort of areas of the brain where there were additional brain cells. Um, and, you know, the you cerebral cortex. You got more. I've got a heavier brain <laughs> out of it. <laughs> 
Um, and look, some parts were increased enormously. You know, it was only a tiny part, mind you, but the part of the um, hippocampus, which is a section of the brain associated with memory, a small part of that was almost 25% bigger. Wow. That's, that's huge. It is, it's part that generates new brain cells. So I guess if there's something going on there in terms of rewiring your brain, if you like, then it's not surprising that part was bigger. Or in stricter science, could have been coincidentally just a marvellous thing that happened to you, but it's very interesting that it happened to you while you were doing this. Look, the only thing I changed knowingly that week was uh, that those two months was the meditation. I wasn't doing anything else. Because I think if you do exercise, they also can get brain changes as a result of that. But my exercise routine was pretty uniform, you know, before and after that. So, um, and, and the results I got were consistent with the proper big scientific studies. So I'm, I think it's the meditation. Uh-huh. So uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you had to stand back now as, you know, the Graham Phillips, the astrophysicist, and <laughs> Graham Phillips, the scientist, how solid is the research now? How mature is it? How reliable is it? So you're suggesting maybe I'm Graham Phillips, the astral traveller now. Well, I'm just wondering how persuaded you are by having a good experience. But uh, but I want you to stand back with that, you know, forensic feeling of science and saying how much evidence is there at this point that, you know, the entire ABC audience should be getting out there and doing some meditation pretty quick smart. Look, I think I think the you know it's early days for the research, but there certainly are results coming in that are very interesting. But there can be negatives of meditation, though. In fact, that's one of the criticisms of the research is that you know almost everyone is looking for the benefits of meditation, and yet there are reports of people who have um, bad experiences. You know, often I'm told this didn't happen to me, but some of the people I film with it did. That negative things from your past can sort of bubble up that you've repressed in a way and forgotten about. And you can find that quite disturbing, and, and some people can become more anxious after the meditation. Oh, that is mentioned in the program, isn't it? That is actually yeah. part of the program material. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you suffer psychosis, that kind of thing, then you you really want to think carefully before doing meditation. And if you're going to go on one of these long retreats, I suspect you've never done meditation before, then you know that that could be problematic. So, but I think there's certainly enough evidence there to say give it a shot and try yourself and. See if it makes a difference. I mean, if you feel better, even if it's the placebo effect, maybe it's still worth doing. <laughs> well, well, it, true. And uh, now it's it's still going to be up on iView. If people haven't seen the program and are keen, they can they can get onto the Catalyst website and have a look. Yeah, absolutely. Graham Phillips, host of ABC TV's Catalyst program. Thanks very much for being part of Sunday Nights. Uh, thank you. If we sat there daydreaming for 20 minutes, we'd be strengthening a different part or different parts of the brain. And we get to choose what we want to strengthen. We've got a a use it or lose it brain. Now, it is early days for a lot of this research, but the possibility of meditation changing the structure of my brain certainly sounds exciting. I have to wait eight weeks to find out my results. I'd better start meditating. That's from the actual program that's been to on ABC TV on meditation. Graeme Phillips, who's just been with us. This has been a podcast of Sunday nights on ABC Local Radio. Thank you for listening.